Welcome to episode five of Middle Eight Madness. Uh, this week we're debating Sufjan Stevens and what we consider to be his best album with Mido, uh, none other than GameScore Fanfare. Tell the people a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you create before we get into this duel. Good morning, gentlemen and opponent. <laughs> How are you today? I'm <laughs> doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So um, what do you do? What do you do on the YouTubes, man? Uh, so uh, primarily I, I have this channel called GameScore Fanfare. Um, it is, uh, it looks at video games through the lens of their music. Mm-hmm. I feel you take a very interesting perspective to the music video essay. I think in comparison to say, for example, Polyphonic or Volksguy's store, the, the, the majority of people that you kind of talk with. So what, what made you want to dive into video game music specifically? Well, I would say that uh, my, my primary interests, like definitely music has grown over time, but like mm-hmm. I have this big interest in music. I have this big interest in video games as well. Um, and so there's just a lot of overlap in video game music. And mm-hmm. um, when I was wanting to create something new, create uh, some YouTube, I've been doing YouTube since I was in high school, like mm-hmm. 12 years ago, something like that. Like <laughs> About the same for me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, I was like, okay, I want to do something new. I really like this video essay stuff. Nobody's making stuff about video game music. So I'll just fill that niche. And Mm -hmm. um, it kind of just happened from there. Yeah. And I've noticed you kind of like are slowly slipping into more of of just general music that you enjoy listening to as opposed to strictly video game music at this point. Is that a change that you think you're going to continue taking forward into the next year? Uh, yeah, I'd like to. I mean, at the moment, um, things are a bit busy for me in my personal life. Um, so like a little bit of a hiatus on the, um, on the YouTube stuff. And, but, um, it is definitely like GameScore Fanfare doesn't have a a life that is indefinite. Um, Hmm. it will wrap up at some point. Um, and there's a lot of other things that I'd love to talk about, um, especially within the music sphere, because like I am, uh, primarily listen to just like, you know, indie alternative sort of music, um, mm. rather than video game music. It's wh- what I know best. So, um, I'd, l- I'd like to do that stuff in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look forward to whatever you put out cause I'm, I'm already loving all the videos that, uh, you put together and even just the way you tell your stories too. I think it was, um, you made a video about Uncharted's music and th- oh, yeah. that video ended up, uh, I don't know, just really resonated with me because I love Uncharted, but I felt like I had never really fully appreciated the music within that game enough. And you you really sort of made me pay attention to it a lot more. Yeah, that was a really interesting video for me. It kind of just like appeared on on my page and I'm like, what happened? Like this video, I didn't make this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we're we're talking Sufjan Stevens today. And just before we started recording this, both of you guys, both of these mats with me today uh, have kind of (laughs) confessed that neither of them really got through Sufjan Stevens' latest, The Ascension, which I I think is kind of bananas considering that we're doing a podcast on what our favorite Sufjan uh, albums are today so what was it about the ascension that just didn't hook you guys in well well is the ascension even really going to be considered in the running (laughs) as one of sufyan's best it's i think it's too i I think it's too early to tell yeah it's i'd say so but i mean ascension today what are you what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) so what, what were your initial thoughts when this album was coming out because when i heard those first couple singles i was thinking that this was going to be that sort of age of odds but a lot more poppy 
And then it didn't end up being like that. It was a much more icy record uh, kind of once it did come out and a very lengthy record, a very dense record that I think uh, mm. I still have to go back and listen to to figure out what is really happening in this whole thing. I'd definitely like yeah. to explore it a bit deeper because I haven't like taken, I haven't listened to the whole thing. I've listened to bits and pieces here and there. Um, mm. And on paper, I adore the idea of Sufjan Stevens doing like, what, an EDM album. <laughs> um, but uh it just there was just something about it that wasn't quite like just you know catching yeah. me about it i don't know but his stuff tends to like take a while mm-hmm. especially See, this one i thought it was very mm-hmm. dense in comparison to his previous stuff sorry matt go on so earlier this year he did that album with his stepdad right uh, yes. aporia a proporia and, or something like that yeah yeah and that like i didn't really care about at all um and then, so I wasn't super hyped when I heard he was having, you know, another album come out this year. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the the singles and it actually got me a little interested um, in it. But, you know, I, I didn't listen to it on the night of. And honestly, that's really where, like, it either I listen to an album on the night of or it takes me a while to get to it. So, yeah, yeah. like, you're the hype I didn't or you're not it. kind of thing. Yeah, especially if uh people if like seeing like what people are talking about with it so like with this one i, I saw some mixed things not, not everybody was loving it and then i saw the runtime which was an hour and 20 minutes and mm-hmm. i was like you know i'll i'll eventually get to that <laughs> you know like no, there's some really great tracks on uh, on that album. I think I think the f- the first half of it really shines, but then yeah, kind of by the middle it does slog a bit, and then yeah, we get mm. like a 12 minute track by the end of it, which like by the time you've already listened to the majority of this track list, I think the last thing you want is uh, an opus like that to sort of end things off. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know if you guys were ever a fan of uh, he did that kind of collaboration album called Planetarium. Mm. I don't know if you guys heard that. Yeah, a much more heavier electronic album, um, kind of in similar into the vein of the vein of uh, Age of Odds or Run Rabbit Run. Um, but yeah, super heavy electronic. But then he took a this is like I said, it was a very icy and almost like dark record in comparison to uh, a lot of his older stuff. But got to mm-hmm. got to go back and listen to it again, even myself. Something that's really interesting to me is that like, you know, that that lead single America was like very much like. Sufjan's disillusionment with the state of America in 2020 Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and like he's come a long way from uh, like you know the Michigan Illinois era where he's like the poster boy of America like very (laughs) true Um, yeah so I find that I hadn't even thought about that that is a very uh I guess interesting juxtaposition as opposed to where he was at in wanting to almost celebrate the 50 states and then now Mm -hmm. almost like resenting what it is today. What's that phrase that's uh, something like uh, behind every cynic is a disappointed idealist or something like that? Oh, I'm not sure. But yeah, that sounds uh, sounds like you got it. <laughs> All right, Matt, who is going first in this duel? I have a, a, l- a little trivia for you. Whoever. I'm going to completely bomb this because I don't know anything about Sufjan Stevens aside from I, like his music. I, whoever gets the closest to this answer uh, will get this question. So uh, what's Illinois' runtime? Oh, 73 minutes and 59 seconds. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like so specific. I didn't expect <laughs> Every time, every time, he, he makes sure that he plots out an hour and 14 minutes, like, just so he can listen to Illinois. Dude, that was, like, so fast. <laughs> it was part of my research. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought that I might be something that you... 
I, I thought I thought yeah. that might be something that you might have overlooked, you know, like uh, like the specific runtime. But well, it looks like uh, Meadow got that one. So you get to decide um, whether or not you want to go first or you want me you to can go, go first. first. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So the albums that you guys are going to be discussing, Frank has got Carrie on Lowell, and uh, mm -hmm. um, obviously, if it wasn't obvious by how quickly he answered that question, <laughs> Meadow's got Illinois. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, I don't know where to begin. Uh, Carrie and Lowell is Sufjan's seventh studio album, and it followed probably his biggest shift in sound, The Age of Odds, uh, uh, an album that was very bleep bloopy, had a bunch of those bleep bloops in comparison to uh, his more orchestral, lush or gentle folk pop offerings of the past. Um, but then his mother passed away between that album and his next release, Carrie and Lowell. And it not only saw Sufjan retreat um, but the intensity of his sound did too. And I think that's what makes this Sufjan's strongest album. And you know what? I think it, it's one of the best albums released in the 2010s, period. We know Sufjan is fully capable of making grand gestures with his music, but this album felt like an artist who not only lost his mother, but the will to use the majority of his tools and still churned out a masterpiece. It's his earlier lo-fi acoustic sound, but absolutely mastered. He's completely in control of everything here on this album, aside from his mixed emotions of his mother. And I think it's that songwriting that's meant to be the focus of this record. It's, it's the best songwriting that I think he's still done up until this point. This is arguably one of the greatest artists of the generation, and I think Mido would agree with that. Um, but this is arguably one of the greatest artists of the generation at their lowest. And it led to some of his most monumental work. It's a pool of sadness, yes, um, but this is a collection of journal entries from a broken man learning to pick himself back up from a life-shattering loss, making it his most introspective album, his most personal album, and his past releases always kind of kept his emotions at arm's length, but this album was a whole other affair. It's all, and in comparison to Illinois, this is a very sparsely instrumented uh, album but it's still very warm and intimate. And I'm sure with all of the noise that was happening in his head at the time, the, the last thing that he wanted was to make another Age of Ads or Illinois. Uh, I think the best way to encapsulate the production of this whole thing is just sublime. It leaves you soothed uh, at even its saddest moments. It creates this beautiful atmosphere that just draws you in. And his vocal performance throughout this record, too, is probably the best of, of his entire career. I, and I think looking at Illinois, I think that might have been some of the, the weakest moments of that album, whereas it's the strongest here on Karen Lowell. It's breathy, it's tender, it's broken, but it's still full of life. And every track fits and finds its place in this emotionally heartbreaking journey. And that's what this album is, a journey through grief. It's Sufjan dealing with and accepting the loss of his mother, a figure who was already distant and polarizing in his life. And throughout the album, he's learning to come to terms with this brittle relationship, accepting the loss and ultimately learning to appreciate what little bond he did have with his mom. And the lyrics of these songs are definitely filled with those notes of grief, but they're all hopeful, sweet ballads. Like, Death with Dignity is Sufjan trying to find where to even begin with his thoughts. And uh, he's, he's focusing solely on the pain and the lack of their relationship. Should have known better is him allowing himself to start to grieve. Uh, all of Me Wants All of You is uh, another ballad that is 
could just as much be about his mom as it could be applied to a distant lover. Drawn to the blood brings in his his obvious love for religion that he touches on all the time. But now he's starting to uh, compare himself to Samson and Delilah. But he's Samson, and uh, he, he, who is somebody who's constantly seeking affection from a woman who only ends up betraying him. Like a, a complete comparison or metaphor for his relationship with him and his mom. Uh, Eugene has him remembering the good memories with his mother and his stepfather. Um, and and just a really, it's, it, it's him going back and trying to be nostalgic about, about the past, but then that sudden realization of his current situation just hits him again with uh, lyric. The song ends with, what's the point of singing songs if they'll never even hear you? And he just leaves it on that. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's just so heartbreaking. And then we get to quite possibly the most heartbreaking song ever written, not even just on this album, but ever. I I'd listened, I remember I was, I made a video on the, just this song alone because of how heartbreaking this song is. Um, but it's completely filled with metaphors. This is 4th of July that I'm talking about here. And it's the literal center centerpiece of the album. It's an imaginary conversation between Sufyan and his mother after she's already departed. Um, and he's outlining everything he wishes his mother would have said to him, everything he wishes he would have said to his mother. Um, and it's got these hauntingly beautiful, muted, pulsing piano tones throughout the whole thing. And it just goes towards this closer of this sudden realization that we're all going to die. And I think it's the most impactful song of, of probably the last decade. If you, if you ever need a, a good cry or a reminder of the finiteness of life, that's it's 4th of July. Um, the, the only thing in No Shade in the Shadow has Sufjan struggling to still come to terms with that loss, uh, going through his own destructive and suicidal thoughts, searching for some sort of beauty to kind of continue on. Uh, the title track, Harry and Lowell, is, is his complicated way of trying to say thank you, but it's this drawn, long out song of trying to figure out how to say that. Um, and then by the closer, he's, there's no, there's no closure for, for that, for Sufjan. He realizes that there's no gold at the end of this trip. He finds, uh, he's looking for support from those around him, but he's failing to sort of fill that void because the loss of his mother is still too fresh of a wound to heal and a wound that I don't think ever really heals for most people. The loss of your mother is, and probably will be the most debilitating loss anyone can experience. Um, so by the end of it, it's just him pleading that somebody, will be there for him like his mother never was. Uh, and he says, raise your right hand. Tell me you want me in your life. And he's just begging for somebody to sort of fill that for him. So, you know, there are so many standout lyrics from this album that pull you in. They're raw, they're unfiltered. And I don't remember the last time I heard an album where I felt disconnected to the person behind the recording, aside from maybe A Crow Looked At Me by Mount Erie. It's an album that will make you appreciate life and the people around you. And I listen to it often, whether I'm happy, sad, tired, energized, it's a record that will stay within my heart forever. Well, I'm bummed. Uh, way to bring it down, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> totally killed the mood. Hey, that's, that is Carrie you, and Lowell you, for you. It's a very heavy album, but well, yeah. it's, it's one we, it's one humankind needs. Um, Mido, do you have anything you disagree with there? And then you want to take that into your uh, your argument for your album? For sure. Uh, I, I took notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good, I'm good. going real debate class on this one. Get the PowerPoint open. <laughs> so, all right. So you, you mentioned that, um, you know, on Carrie and Lowell, he was, Sufjan was in control of everything on, um, except his mind. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not true. Yes. That is not true at all. 
you know what? You know what Sufjan did on Carry uh, and Lol, apart from like writing the music, he and and singing it. Mm. He played guitar and he did a little bit of the mixing. He had a okay. lot of help on on Carry and Lol in like the production and like the performance uh, and all that kind of stuff. You want to know what he did on Illinois? <laughs> did he, he do everything? He plays pretty much every instrument. And if you've heard Illinois, it is a big, ambitious, hugely arranged album. He this he plays mm-hmm. uh, not only this, there's just a selection. Acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass guitar, drums, piano, synthesizer, organ, glockenspiel, vibraphone, saxophone, <laughs> banjo, oboe, flute, jingle oh bells, God. recorder... And the almighty triangle. I don't think, like, no doubt that Illinois is a very ambitious album. But to to go and make Illinois and then to say, you know what? Let me get rid of all that. And let's have people focus on the message of the music as opposed to me trying to throw everything into it. And, and be ambitious and try so hard to create something ambitious and like he he pulls it off it's not that he doesn't pull it off it's all done really well in illinois like i i don't even have like much to say against illinois um but i think yeah of course when when it comes to carrie and lowell i I don't think that massive instrumentation would have worked on carrie and lowell just because of the subject matter um so like i understand what you're saying but i just don't think carrie and lowell should be as ambitious as i would argue that or if it would have worked as well. I, I would argue that it it would have worked quite well because there is a song on Illinois which is the best Carrie and Lowell song. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> which song is that? That song. Okay, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. But uh, I was okay, say, do you want to go okay, into your argument yeah, and then look, we can kind of? Okay. Okay, um, okay. There was a bunch of other points. They don't matter. I'm just going to get into mine because um, <laughs> I don't want to take up too much time. Illinois is a very long album, as we have uh, previously said. It is. Um, Maybe it, a little oh, too long. <laughs> oh, did you just say that? So, all right, all right. We know, we know how go, long go Illinois on. is right now. It's 73 minutes and 59 seconds. Um, do you know what the maximum length <laughs> of a CD is? Uh on a CD? No, no. What is it? It's 74 minutes. Mm. Okay, so he, did he maximalize it, like, on purpose? It, Illinois achieves maximum music, mm-hmm. right? Do you, know, do you know why CDs are 74 minutes long? Why? It's so that they could hold what is widely considered to be the greatest piece of music <laughs> ever written. <laughs> this, is, this is true. This is true. Some, no, I believe say, it. <laughs> some say it's Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. But we all know it's actually Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was good. (laughs) It is the perfect length. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, Illinois to me, I'm going to head into my my thing now. Illinois is unarguably the greatest Sufjan album. It is a Baroque pop masterpiece. Um, It is the album that asserted him as the beloved indie darling that he is. Uh, It shows off his talent across all facets of music. Uh, it tells the history and stories of the U.S. state of Illinois, weaving them together with his own childhood childhood experience growing up in the state. It's big, bold, and ambitious, uh, and has like these massive arrangements. Um, as I said, he plays all those instruments and more. Um, he recorded them all himself. He produced and arranged it all himself. He wrote it all himself, and that is absolutely crazy for an album that is as enormous and ambitious as Illinois is. 
Um, it has absolutely everything you could ask for in a Sufjan Stevens album. Um, so the first, like, you know, it starts with a bit of a prologue uh, with uh, the UFO sighting near Highland, Illinois. Um, a, a lovely little intro, but really the album starts on the Great Hawk War. Uh, opens with this rolling timpani, uh, enter an angelic choral chanting and these trilling flutes. Um, little known fact about this song it is actually the sound of God creating the earth. Okay. And you might wonder how this is possible. And it's because God sent his only son to earth as a man to save us from all our sins. And that man's name was Sufjan Stevens. (laughs) (laughs) He was there at the creation of the earth and he soundtracked it with this song. Uh, Then we go into Come On, Feel the Illinois, which is the definitive Sufjan sound. Like when you Mm. think of Sufjan, you think of these dizzying beats and loops, um, the joyful arrangements, the multiple phases of the track that like break open the core idea of the song and just explore every single aspect of it. This is the kind of song that Sufjan is famous for. Um, and it's him and his most imitable, like inimitable. You, you just hear any song that sounds like this and you're like, oh, it's Sufjan. Whereas I would argue if you hear any song of uh, Carrie and Lowell, it's kind of like, oh, it's, it could be anyone. Uh, I wouldn't agree with that. Uh, but then we get to John Wayne Gacy Jr., which is a complete 180, but a seamless transition somehow into the darkest song of his career in which Sufjan likens himself to an infamous serial killer of young boys. Uh, it's really confronting. Um, and he just has like the most gorgeous falsetto. It's so haunting. You were saying that, um, you know, the, some of the weaker tracks of Illinois are the like, what, what were you we saying? Like the breathy ones? No, no, I, I didn't. Uh, I was just saying that some of his vocals uh, aren't as strong as a lot of what we got on Carrie and Lowell. I definitely think when you look at tracks like John Wayne Gacy Jr., that it's just like his vocal performance is just, it's beautiful, it's haunting, it's, it's ghostly. Um, definitely one of the songs that made me fall in love with Sufjan Stevens. Um, then we get a, like a trilogy of uh, songs about cities in Jacksonville, which kind of teaches you the history of the city. Um, and Decatur, which is kind of like a bit Carrie and Lowellish, and how he like talks about his childhood and like a little trip that they took out to Decatur. Um, and then there is Chicago, the most probably the most popular Sufjan Stevens song, uh, everybody's favorite, and we know this because uh, Snow Patrol told us so. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the song Hands Open, where it says, Put Sufjan Stevens on and we'll play your favorite song, Chicago Burst to Life. Uh, it's the ultimate American road trip song. It's like it's it's like the on the road of music, right? Mm. It romanticizes like sleeping in parking lots and just like the freedom that comes with having a car and the open road and that's it. Um, it's also the best Christmas song ever made because any song with jingle bells in it is automatically <laughs> a Christmas song. <laughs> I don't make the rules. It's yeah. just how it is. Mm. I'll agree. Um, <laughs> Now, Frank is shaking in his boots right now. <laughs> he knows what's coming next. Uh, look, I'll give credit to Carrie and Lowell where it's due. Like, credit, Carrie and Lowell is a lovely reflection on the death of a loved one, um, the resulting crisis of faith that came about as, uh, as a result of it. And, you know, it has that one really clever song that, that tries to recontextualize all of it through an American public holiday. Um, but in particular, there's this one line... Uh, incredible line that sums up Carrie and Lowell perfect for, perfectly for me. And that is, um, all the glory when he took our place, but he took my shoulders and he shook my face and he takes and he takes and he takes. 
And that line is from, um, oh, I'm sorry. It's from Casimir Pulaski from <laughs> Illinois, not Carrion, lol. I was going to say, it doesn't sound that great of a lyric, so that oh. makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't sound like that great of a lyric? You could, you could pull, you can go to any song within uh, Carrion Lowell and find a pretty significant lyric. Look, not that significant. Like, that is him saying, like, you know, it's it's talking about God's grace, about how, like, the crucifixion and, um, you know, he took our place. Um, but, like, he hasn't taken mine. All he did was just take away from me. He hasn't taken mm-hmm. away my, his, my sins. He's taken away, like, those I love. Um, and that's, like, that's the heart of Carrie and Lowell right there. And it was 10 years before he even made that album. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, Casimir Pulaski Day is just a display of Sufjan's incredible knack for arrangement. Because then uh, this is what I was try- wanting to get into before, where it's, like, it is that very, like, bare sort of song with, like, just starts off with an acoustic guitar. Um, but then for the second verse, he, he brings in a banjo. It's just the most respectable banjo you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> That's one respectable um, banjo. <laughs> it is a respectable banjo. Uh, and then after that, like he, he brings in a trumpet that literally sounds like it's crying. It's so sad. And then finally a small choir, um, and just like every single step of the way, just kind of adds a little bit more emotion and brings out the emotion of the song. Um, I think one of Sufjan's strongest traits as a songwriter is his like part arrangement. Um, and if Carrie and Lowell did more like Casimir Pulaski Day, I think it would be better for it. But like... This is getting really long. I just need to skip ahead um, to what is, honestly, like, let's get serious. Probably the best Sufjan Stevens song that he's ever written. Uh, the Predatory Wasp of the Palisades is out to get us. That doesn't it's sound just... like Fourth of July. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this gorgeous song about youth and falling in love. Um, and the musical painting is just stunning. Uh, like there's the line, like I see, I see a wasp with her wings outstretched. And then you get this trumpet that comes in that it, it just sounds like an insect taking flight. Like there's no other way to describe that, that sound. Um, and then like after the line, I see the wasp on the length of my arm, the trumpet comes back in and it's like the, it gives you the legitimate feeling of your heart falling into your stomach. Um, it's just like, he has managed to bring out the emotions of the song so well in the instruments. Um, I hate wasps. Like, (laughs) if I have a phobia, it's wasps. I just hate them. But I am willing to put that aside to admit that this is the best song he's ever written. I'd say, Uh, I'd still say it's 4th of July. Like, that that back and forth with him and his mother and then him uh, calling him by a different bird each time and the number of metaphors within that track and then even yet ending it with the the realization that we're all going to die and completely just having that fade out the entire song. I think it's much stronger. Look, there's definitely uh, an argument for having this, like, existential mantra that you all, like, sing along to at the end uh, of we're all going to die. But also... How about uh, Chicago at the end where he has an existential sing-along of I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, Illinois yeah. being one of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Is, you got me. <laughs> is, uh, 
Is that it? <laughs> um, look, we just need to finish off the album. Uh, it is a long album and I'm sorry, but it's got a lot to talk about. <laughs> the Sears Tower is a song about our worship of consumerism, comparing the Sears Tower in Chicago, uh, which was the tallest building in the world for 25 years, with the biblical Tower of Babel, a symbol of humanity's hubris. Uh, tallest Man, Broader Shoulders is just like the happiest song I've ever heard in my life, hands down. Um, it bookends the album uh, to, as a counterpart to Come On, Feel the Illinois. But it's got the juxtaposed lyrics of like criticizing America's role on the world stage and how they just like throw their military power around, mm-hmm. um, which is like it does kind of um, it's a precursor to his newest album uh, where he does like have that disillusionment with the current state of America. And then a beautiful outro in Out of Egypt. Um, there's not much to say about this song, apart from there's a recorder in it. That's yeah, really beautiful. cool. I, I never realized I that the, it's a recorder. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, strong argument. Like, I can't, I can't, you can't diss Illinois because it is such a great album. Like, I, I don't have anything really bad to say about Illinois. Um, aside from the album is just trying so hard to be impressive rather than enjoyable. Um, and it's it's Sufyan trying so hard and going too far, but I think that's literally the point um, of of what he's trying to do. And it is it is beautiful and it is admirable, but it's just far from my favorite Sufyan album. Um, and it can kind of sound corny at times. Like, come on, feel the Illinois. I love that song to death, but I feel like playing it for other people sometimes. I'm kind of just like, I really hope they uh. don't hate on this corn. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I also feel like it kind of drags on a little bit at times, um, feels a little bit bloated, like it maxes out that CD length. And I think even one of the reasons why both of you guys haven't really dived into the Ascension is because it is that hour and like 20 mm. minutes long. Um, and so I think it could just be a little bit more condensed. There's a lot of those sort of short, unnecessary interludes that I think could have just either been a part of some tracks or just kind of gotten rid of completely. But again, that, I don't think that's a huge flaw because it it still all feels like one big cohesive piece. Um, and another thing, like these song titles are just too damn long and pretentious. <laughs> like, come, come on. You know, I was actually <laughs> no, going to mention that. Uh, like, how do you, I was going to, I was wondering how you were going to talk about this album because I was like, oh yeah, my favorite song <laughs> is The Tallest Man, The Broadest Shoulders, Part One, The Great Frontier, Part Two, Come to Me, My... Uh, come, see, I can't even get through it without like uh, yeah. stuttering a little bit. Dude, but that's just, one song. Just put it this way: you can't even. I, if I even full screen my Spotify page, I can't even read out this entire song. The Black Hawk War, or how to demolish an entire civilization and still feel good about yourself in the morning, or we apologize for the inconvenience. Dot dot dot. But you're going because it's just that you're going to have to leave now. Or I have fought the big knives and will continue to fight them until they are off our lands. Oh yeah. God. So the only thing longer than these song titles is the runtime, um, and like it's. Pretty it's asking me to come on and feel the noise, but I I definitely feel more when I listen to to Carrie and Lol. So um, just just going off like the the track titles and stuff, I really love it. I think it's silly. Um, it is. It is. Uh, I I love this sort of like how obnoxiously obtuse it all is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think it's you know it's part of the aesthetic, and I think like part of what I think that's what it is. To. It's him going too far with everything. I think that's even just what the album is, but he just pulls it off so well. Like he, but what is, he does. What is too far? Like if you're going to make an ambitious album, make mm-hmm. it as ambitious as, as possible. I think that's like, I, I really like Michigan, um, which was kind of like a precursor to, yeah. to Illinois. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the, 
proof of concept for Illinois, like the pilot episode or something. <laughs> it's like, you know, after that, like he got a bit more of a budget that he could like fully reveal like what he was trying to do with Michigan. And, and that's Illinois. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, he does the idea justice. It's punchier. It's deeper. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a very like bombastic record. And like you listed off like all the instruments that he, he played to essentially create this album. And I think that, that like bombastic nature of it is what kind of made, um, almost like brought chamber pop to a whole other level. Like people were kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, I feel like chamber pop was a much more, uh, quieter aesthetic, whereas this really made it, uh, dense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then he, it's just surprising to even see him go and then do something like age of odds and then, uh, pull back completely with, uh, with Carrie and Lowell. So I don't know, just interesting that he, he's so versatile in the fact that he can make such a great record. That's so dense with so much instrumentation and then create something that's just as beautiful, just as monumental, uh, with Karen Lowell. So Look, I, I was, like I, was gonna I don't save... even, I don't disagree with you with, uh, Illinois being a fantastic record cause it is. <laughs> yeah. I was going to save all my positive comments of Carrie and Lowell until after the discussion, but like, you've basically just won the argument for me. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, mean, I feel like I can say something nice about Carrie and Lowell. <laughs> debatable, debatable. Matt, do you want to lead us into, uh, do you want to do like the elevator pitches? Yeah, because I was going to say you guys did have a pretty good amount of back and forth throughout that. So uh, before we get into elevator pitches, like your final pitch to me. Oh, do you want to do uh, another trivia? Yeah, like to, to decide who goes first. Um, mm-hmm. So what's the name of Sufjan's 2010 EP? Oh, I know this one. Frank, do you want to, do you know it? No, I mean, if you got it, go for it. Yeah, it's the old delighted people. Oh, man. Mido. Coming with the coming with the knowledge. Uh, <laughs> on, so I I became a Sufjan fan like a couple of years before that. So All Delighted People was like the first Sufjan release um, that I was like really hyped for because it'd been years since Illinois, um, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd known him for like maybe a year or something, and and known this album. And I'm like, cool, we're getting something new. And then like it was only a couple of months after that that he released um, Age of Odds. Mm-hmm. But um, All Delighted People is great. If you haven't listened to All Delighted People, um, it's got like two versions of that song. It's got like um, a kind of like a precursor to Impossible Soul of Age of Odds in the form of um, Jaharia, mm-hmm. um, which is just like what, 15 minutes. Yeah, so that, like, so that preceded Age of, Age of Odds then? Mm-hmm. By like a couple of months. Okay, okay. So, I haven't I haven't given it a listen, but I, I should. It's very overlooked. It's I love, very good. I love Age of Odds, so I'm curious to see kind of what that sounds like before it. It, 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 it is very experimental, but it doesn't sound like that. Okay. No, okay. It, does, it doesn't sound like Age of Odds at all. Okay. Well, so, so Mido, you decide, do you... Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do your elevator pitch first, or do you want to hear mine? It's just like but, a one-minute summation of our point. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with mine now, um, okay. and then you can have the last say. Uh, look... I'm not saying that Sufjan Stevens like slowly ascended over the years, hit his peak in 2005 with Illinois and has been on the downhill ever since. Uh, I don't think of Sufjan as a mountain. I think of him as a galaxy. His discography is a spiral which revolves around a center point. And that center is Illinois. Everything, (laughs) everything great about Sufjan, everything we love about his music is present on Illinois. It, it, it's like a super massive album that gives you every type of Sufjan you could ask for. You've got US history nerd Sufjan. You've got 
ambiguously gay Sufyan. You've got <laughs> crisis of faith Sufyan. You've got sad introspective folk star Sufyan. You've got obnoxiously obtuse song titles Sufyan. <laughs> Christmas uh, like, music Sufyan. Yeah, the exactly. Jingle bells. <laughs> Uh, Illinois is a display of his diversity of talent as a multi-instrumentalist, as a singer, as songwriter, as a storyteller, as a composer and arranger. It is quite frankly, just one giant flex and I am all about it. <laughs> that was good. All right. I like all that. Right. Frank. So yeah, I mean, you said it. Illinois is an album, but Carrie and Lowell <laughs> is a work of art. And while I don't think this is Sufjan's greatest display of music making, it's his best album because of how important it is to mankind. The album not only went on to help Sufjan process his own complicated feelings about his relationship with his mother, but everyone who listens. It's the healing, it's this healing and cathartic piece of art that reminds us of the fragility of time, relationships, and love. It's something, it's someone being vulnerable enough to share themselves at their absolute lowest in order to help others pick themselves back up again. And even if you were to only listen to this album once and never again, you would remember the moments it presented for a lifetime. Man. So, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I have to say, I don't have any real bias towards either one of these albums. I like them equally. Mm -hmm. um, and you both made very, very good points about both. I'd, I'd say that Mido definitely wins the humor uh, <laughs> side of the argument. He did. But, but I think that uh, Frank's argument was a little bit more focused, a little, more, a little tighter uh, and to, to the point. So uh, I'm going to hand the debate to, to Frank, but... Don't uh, don't don't knock yourself, Mida. You did a great job. That is rude. No. <laughs> you really did. I demand you know a recount. <laughs> Stop the count. <laughs> you were you were well researched. That's for sure. I mean, so it's uh, not. That was and that's the thing. It's not up to Matt to decide. So if you are listening to this and you think otherwise and you want to vote, um, you can decide that on our Twitter page at more middle eight or the community page at youtube.com slash middle eight, and you can decide who won this debate: middle with Illinois or middle eight with uh Karen Lowell but who yeah. the, who the hell is this Matt guy and what gives him the right to say that? <laughs> <laughs> to have an opinion at all about Sufia <laughs> <laughs> but no what like, I'm gonna say in my defense is that uh Karen Lowell is the more focused and and shorter <laughs> sort of album and so True. I think yeah. you have to take a bit more of a bigger approach um, and and that less focused true. when when arguing for Illinois. Um, yeah, because it is huge. Point. Yeah, when you look at it, that's what it is. It is that right, I changed my mind. Middle one. <laughs> and it is like even even the whole uh, the whole concept behind him trying to make albums about each state, like which he hasn't really followed up with. But that in itself is ambitious. And mm, Sufian, I think Sufian in general has always been somebody who's ambitious. Like look at his latest record, The Ascension. It's an hour and twenty minutes long, and there are, there are so many tracks on it that are well over like that six minute, seven minute mark. Um, I think he makes albums that purposely challenge people. Um, I think when it came to Carrie and Lowell, though, that one definitely came more from uh, a, a deeper place, right? It's coming from mm. that loss, from somebody being very low. Whereas Illinois is somebody who's making an album about where they're from or like where they've grown up. And so it is much more of that celebration. Um, whereas, yeah, Carrie and Lowell is much more of that grieving and then looking for that celebration in life. So. Two totally so different albums, two very different feels. Speaking yeah, of, true. like, the 50 States Project, mm -hmm. um, like, 
there is part of me that like fully believes that Carrie and Lowell is part of the 50 States project and it's Oregon. Oh, yeah, Ooh. I could see right? that. I could see that. Like he kind of like does similar sort of things where it's like uh, he's talking about his childhood experience. You know, in, in Illinois, he's like, you know, uh, he's talking about the story of uh, his his stepmom taking him down to Decada and all the like things that they got up to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in uh, Carrie and Lowell, he's talking about the time he went to Eugene. And yeah, he's got a song, Eugene on there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I do think like there's probably elements of like when he was like thinking about the 50 States project that was like, okay, this is yeah. on the Oregon album. Uh, mm-hmm. This is like this idea. And I think, you know, kind of Car- uh, Carrie's death just would have like shaked everything for him. Um, and I was like, you can't really make it not about her because that place is so intrinsically tied to his mother. Um, because yeah. like he lived in Michigan and Illinois, but he would go on holiday to see his yeah. mom in Oregon. Yeah. Um, and that's his like primary experience with it. So does he continue? I doubt he's continuing that whole 50 state thing. I think he's kind of given up on it. So so he said that it was a marketing thing, that it was a joke. He was never intending to do it. Um, he lied to us. But also like, you know, there's, he released a, an album called the BQE, which was about this, um, like highway in New York. Um, and that was like, kind of like obviously had elements of the New York album that he was working on. Um, and then there's obviously like Oregon and, and Carrie and Lowell. But I think really what probably happened, to be honest, is that, um, hey, it was never achievable in the first place, like especially with the ambition of Michigan and Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, like after Illinois, he got really sick. Um, he had this uh, like this electrical problem in his brain. Really? Um, I don't know. About yeah. This. And this is, that's like how Age of Odds happened. It's like the, the <laughs> um, soundtrack to like what was happening in They his just brain. plugged into his brain and then that, those were the bleep bloops that came out? Like <laughs> legitimately, like, yeah, he had this, um, it was really debilitating. Like he thought he was going to die. Um, wow. It was, yeah, this really like big um, illness that he had um, and he made Age of Odds around it. So I think like with like, his his sickness and then like losing his mother it's like how can you continue such a big sort of like project mm-hmm. um with all this sort True. of like um stuff happening in your personal life so that's probably that's my theory of where the the 50 states project ended up you brought up a point before saying that uh chicago was his most popular song but i mean i'm looking like i won't argue that maybe it's the most popular one on illinois but i'm looking just at the spotify numbers if you want to chat about it but uh like not even Carrie and Lowell are some of his biggest songs. They they come from Call Me By Your Name. And I think the majority of people who I've spoken to about Sufjan Stevens know him more because of like Mystery of Love or Visions of Gideon because no, of that movie Call Me By Your you're Name. You're totally correct. Um, that's yeah. just been a recent thing that I've kind of like had to come to terms with. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, yeah, he's not known for his albums as much as he's known for those two singles for that, for that film. Um, the other thing to consider here is that... Um, Illinois was released before Spotify was a thing. True, true, um, true. So, like, before streaming was even a thing. So, um, like, it, there was a, like, Illinois created this huge splash and, like, Chicago was the song from it that you had to hear mm-hmm. um, at the time. Um, and, yeah, I only I only said that in order to make the Snow Patrol joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Do you, uh, do you guys want to know what the last, I, I had three questions just in case. Oh, yeah, the trivia? But- yeah. The last. So uh, it it was, uh, and this is honestly pretty easy, but how many Christmas albums has Sufjan made? Oh, I have no idea. That they don't is probably not easy. 
Yeah, I was going to say, he might have 10 or he might have five. Because, like, one of those Christmas albums has, like, a hundred and something songs on it. Mm -hmm. God. Um, I can think of at least two, but there might be a third one. And, like, didn't he release a remix album of of Christmas songs as well? So officially, he only has two Christmas albums. Yeah. So you you, okay. you were actually there's, were right. I was I was wondering if you might overthink it though and be like, is there more than I thought there was a? There's songs but, of Christmas. I think it's called songs for Christmas and silver Song, and gold. Silver and gold. But then oh, okay, there's okay. but then there's chopped and Scrooged, which I think is the remix <laughs> album. Does that count though? I mean, <laughs> a, a, so a remix. Just, the dude really loves Christmas. Apparently, damn. Uh, yeah, have I'm you like, listened to those at all? I'm looking. I haven't. I haven't personally. No. They yeah, have you? So middle? weird. Yeah, yeah. I've listened to like Songs for Christmas more than um, Silver and Gold because Silver and Gold is just so long. Would you recommend so the people weird. listening to it during the holidays, or is it something more like to listen to on your own? See, there's not a whole lot of like good indie um, like alternative Christmas music out there. Like mm-hmm. whenever Christmas music goes on, it's like Mariah Carey, <laughs> or, like Michael Bublé or something. But if you want a good like, you know indie christmas then like it's it's sufjan stevens uh it's she and him i guess here's a question who would you want any artist who would you want to make a christmas album any band or artist out there kanye west (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah he did christmas in harlem dude i would love the greatest christmas song of all time i would say like and i would say arctic monkeys like, I feel like Arctic Monkeys would make a pretty dope Christmas album. I feel like it'd be like Cocaine Christmas from yeah. Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> that's, what I, and that's what I want. That's what I'm looking Let for. Let it in my, snow. My <laughs> a, different, a different sort of white Christmas. Let it snow. I'm surprised <laughs> there was never any Beatles Christmas albums, honestly. I, I, I didn't. I mean, they have solo ones, right? Yeah, but they like, have a few, uh, a few Christmas songs. But yeah, not anything right. like Nothing album-wise. Like, yeah, I was actually surprised by that. Because I was I'm, looking for, I was, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas music. I don't think there's a ton of people who are. It's kind of a niche thing. Uh, I love these Christmas days. music. Yeah, well, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I don't listen to it in my like leisure right. time. Yeah, like, but like, I was like, man, there is something nostalgic feeling. There's a feeling from Christmas music. It's just I don't really like a lot of the ones that I hear. Mm. So I was like going through all the artists that I like and seeing if they had a Christmas album ever made. Yeah. And, uh, that's uh that's how I found out that the Beatles don't have one. Um or if it is, it's uh you know, you know very difficult a, to find. You know who would make a great Christmas album? Who? JPEG Mafia. Daft Punk would call JPEG JPEG Mafia. I want to see JPEG Mafia make a, a Christmas album. After hearing him on that new Gorillas album, that guy can be cheery. He's just putting on uh this this tough True. guy act. <laughs> well he said something uh, before or after he moved to LA, right? And he's hmm. he said in an interview or something that he was like feeling a lot happier and so it's probably gonna sound happier in his music. I don't know if I've necessarily Oh, I want I, that. Yeah. I want to check JPEG Mafia. He's he's quite like he's quite an erudite fellow, isn't he? He's yeah. he's somewhat abrasive, I'd say too. Yeah, and like his his music, but, or at least the way he comes. But he's off. quite like intelligent as well. Like, yeah, oh, isn't yeah. he like educated? And I think he, he was, was in the military once upon a time, but oh, I don't yes. know about his education so much. Okay. Have you guys heard the uh, Beach House Christmas song? No. Um, it, it's so. on the it's on B sides and rarities, and yeah, it's called I, like I, I Do Not Care okay. for the. I was gonna say if anybody's song. listened to it, it's Mido, because <laughs> you know he's a big Beach House song as well. Yeah. All right. It's like I'm a big Beach House song. A big Beach House fan, sorry. (laughs) We're all big Beach House songs. (laughs) We're all just walking Beach House songs. (laughs) 
It's like Christmas depression. Okay, yeah, of course that's what, uh, yeah, Beach House would make. <laughs> Christmas depression, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I think we'll wrap up uh, the episode here. Uh, if you guys do want to vote for who you thought won the debate, Illinois with Mido or uh, me with Karen Lowell, you can do so at more middle eight on Twitter or the youtube.com slash middle eight community page. Middle, thanks for coming out and arguing uh, Sufjan Stevens with me. This was tough. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me. Yeah, of course. Uh, or me forcing myself upon it was, the podcast. It was you. Yeah, it was you who messaged me and was just like, you are doing Illinois. Or no, so you are doing Carrie and Lowell. I am doing Illinois and you are losing this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you won. So. I mean, I'm Matt, I won by Matt standards. I have a, I have an opinion. Or I think. Yeah, I think the people might pick Illinois just because I think it is the, the brighter album but this is democratic. All right. We get, everyone gets a say. We will see. But anyways, we will see. Thank you, Matt. The best for, win. Thank you, Matt, for, uh, for mediating this whole thing again for us. Um, but yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening.